When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Tim Dennis, Mike Molina, Andy Brandt Bernard, Dave Schrader, and the Hackmaster Ralph Dory Basham, MD. We shall be right back. Part two, Tom Bernard Show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Happy song, Tom. What? It's a happy song. Feliz you should listen Navidad. to this song. I hate it. <laughs> you know, it still reminds me about Taco John's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well. They don't have it this year, though. They don't have what was it? Police Nacho Dot. What was it? It was Navi- uh, Nacho's Navidad. <laughs> Nacho's Navidad. That's what it was. 
But why don't they have it this year? No, I suppose it's racist. Oh, well, they do. Is Jose Oops. Feliciano still alive? They do. Uh, they still are doing it. Oh. I, I guess they're just not uh, advertising it. Why not? I don't know. Nachos Navidad. What more do you want? A little potato ole in there. Is that what you get? 1,600 ca- uh, milligrams of sodium per serving. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, you'll be just salty. You'll be blowing up like a balloon. You won't get a goiter. You won't get a goiter. That's true. Is a goiter from lack of sodium? No, it's lack, lack of iodine. iodine. Oh, well. Which is in salt. Yeah. Well, they add it to salt. My, uh, right? Yeah. Iodine salt. We were singing for salt. my little yeah. guy when he was a baby. We were doing, it was bedtime and... We were singing him little lullabies and these soft, quiet songs. And my, my son Linus is laying on the floor listening. And I sing a couple of songs. My daughter goes, sing another one, Daddy. I, can't, I go, I can't think of another one. And my son sits up and he goes, I know one. And I go, okay. And he goes, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> really loud and waving everyone. Stuttles awake. And I'm like, oh, what have you done? That's so funny that that's what pops <laughs> yeah, that into his That was his, his song. Yeah. The next <laughs> calm and quiet song. I know one. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> what is what, I know Navidad is nativity. What does Feliz mean? Happy. 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 Navidad Her. just means Christmas. Navidad means Christmas. Yes. Feliz Navidad means Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah Merry. Oh, I didn't know that. You're happy. Merry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a woman named Feliz Rodriguez. Well, that's probably where Felicia comes from. Oh yeah, Felicity. Felicia. Let's see. Felicia name origin. Felix meaning happy. There you go. Oh, Felix does mean happy. Felix the cat. The wonderful one yep. again. So that's, yeah. I love Felice. Is, is just <laughs> Catherine, I love watching you look what? between the two of them. Yeah. What, what is going on here? <laughs> you don't like the flight of ideas. It's just too, it goes too fast. But no, you I'm know, like, Felicity the is The gels are going a, past too a... fast. They're too fast, too fast. Can't, can't no, focus on I'm one. A, no, I'm like, I'm still at Felicity is not part of the, the happy. Felicity's like a, like a, I can't think of the word. What? That's what my brain was trying to think of, mm. is what Felicity is. Felicity, Felicity was a TV show. No, Felicity's like a, <laughs> a moral thing. No, Felicity no, means happiness. No, Does it? Happiness. Yep. Oh. Are you thinking something, else that's, you're thinking something else that's immoral? It sounds like no. that. No. I don't know, I don't know what immoral. I'm thinking. Never mind. Mm, leave me some alone. Some language probably <laughs> bohemian. We're leaving you out of it? Yes, leave me out of it. It was an eventful weekend for some airline passengers who had to deal with outbursts over champagne and threats against their lives. First to Sacramento, where a woman was removed from a Southwest Airlines flight that arrived on, uh, from Portland on Saturday. Of course it was from Portland. Of course it was. Officials say the woman tampered with a smoke detector and lit up in the plane's bathroom. Told to return to her seat, the woman was then seen on video shouting, and I quote, I will kill everybody on this fucking plane. Oh, wow. Someone angrier than you. Goodness. Oh. The man who recorded the video says the woman also pushed a flight attendant and had to be physically restrained. When the flight landed, Valerie Curbello, 24, was arrested and charged with making criminal threats. Oh, I thought she was really old. No, apparently not. Because in the video, she looks really old. Isn't tampering with the smoke? Detector, oh, a federal yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a by big death, deal. I think. But, yeah. when, yeah. well, <laughs> but I tell you, the first thing they just shove you out of the yeah. plane. So if someone makes a comment like that on a plane, oh yeah, yeah that's once bad. they're restrained. Yeah, you can't say oh. that on a plane. All their clothes come off. Oh, oh really? Oh, I'm going to kill everybody on the plane like oh, they, have, they have a vest or something right. on. Yeah, we're going to so. make sure that you're not. We'll cover you yeah. afterwards, but you got a problem. Yeah, that's true. Well, someone I mean, I and they're coming off fast. 
some 14-year-old girl on Twitter a few years ago tweeted at American Airlines for some reason, my name is like, you know, Ahmed whatever, and I'm oh. going to blow up this flight because oh, she thought it would be funny. God. Oh, that's just oh. And the FBI went after her because you can't do that. No, you cannot. So yes. how long was this flight that she couldn't go out of smoke? Hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. From Portland to Sacramento is about an hour and 20 minutes. Can't it's tough. Can't give up the heaters for 20? <laughs> well, why don't they chew get gum? A patch. Why don't they pass get a patch. Because it's an oral fixation. It's the, it is. You, know, it you is. get those candy ones. You can blow out the little chalk powder. <laughs> they still have feel. the candy oh, ones? Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. they? I've yeah. seen people vape Damn. on a plane. You're not yeah. Like a little secret vape every once in a while. I've seen it. Oh, that's horrible. It's hard to vape candy, though. I've tried it. Vaping candy is a tough candy. deal. <laughs> I tried it. And I feel like if the, with the chalk dust, people wouldn't appreciate people, someone blowing chalk dust all over an enclosed Somebody's space. Somebody's asthma will be all upset. Yeah. But it's not that chalk. True. No, it's, it's not, not chalk. chalk. No, it's I know. Not it's just chalk. that chalky it's corn dust. Starch. Yeah. Yeah, it's just oh, it's corn sugar starch. Sugar starch. Yeah. Corn starch. So you can just eat it out of the air. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, the 24-year-old Curbello was arrested charged with making criminal threats. She later blamed anxiety for her actions. Ah. Meanwhile, a 44-year-old Swiss woman aboard a flight from Moscow to Zurich caused an unscheduled stop Saturday when she was denied champagne. <laughs> the business class passenger became aggressive when she was told flight attendants would stop filling her glass. The plane eventually had to land in Stuttgart, Germany. They had to land in Stuttgart just because of this woman? Okay, because of one drunk? The unnamed woman. the zip ties. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, Soft cuff. Just Stick her in a bathroom, her. zip tie. <laughs> The unnamed woman was hit with a nearly $6,000 fine. Officials say the unplanned stop likely cost tens of thousands of dollars yeah. more. Well, yeah, they'd have to, they'd, the, the amount of fuel they wasted, that oh. fuel's expensive. She must have been losing her mind. Yes, feel free to land here. We'll take care mm-hmm. of her for you. Yeah, they, <laughs> I'm surprised they don't have like something that they can sedate people like that with. Well, they can't. That's Yeah, because somebody might yeah. die and, yeah. and then you well, have then big so problems. What? Well, then problem so solved. What? Just what? put him in a straitjacket. Uh, I remember the story. There was a transatlantic <laughs> flight and the guy had a little too much champagne or a little too much yeah. something. Got rowdy. <laughs> and he wasn't getting what he wanted, so he stood up and he pooped on the dinner I cart. I remember they pooped on the dinner cart. Who was this guy? Ah, <laughs> oh, the French champagne. <laughs> <laughs> we're celebrating for its excellence. <laughs> There's a California champagne by Paul Inspired by that same French excellence. <laughs> it's fermented in the bottle. And <laughs> she didn't play it anymore. What are the odds? Back-to-back days. Back-to-back days we heard Orson drunk. He pooped on the cart. Yep, yeah, pooped on the cart first. Guy. That's what takes the edge off the dinner service. Does he banned from all flights forever? <laughs> Who knows? You'd but think. There are, there are lists out there. When you show up on one of those lists, yeah. you're, it's a hassle. A huge hassle. Yeah, Alex almost got on a list. Wouldn't that make it like a biohazard and they would have to double back? I would think so. Yeah, Uh, Alex can't carry any weaponry on a plane ever again. Ever again, She will get on a list. That's true. I don't don't think think you're supposed supposed to to carry weaponry anyway. Well, it was uh, Tom at one time was into, I I don't know why, but all of a sudden he comes home, everybody got a collapsible baton, Mm -hmm. some mace. A stun gun. uh, And mm, Yeah, well, not for us. I didn't get a stun gun. Uh, Oh, oh, one of those uh, flashlights that blinds you whoever's coming yeah. after you i've still got all of that well Tough. alex puts uh-huh. for some reason she had the collapsible baton in her suitcase in her purse or, oh she just purse? forgot and she it forgot it, it was in there and so when we went through security they pulled her aside and she's like i just completely forgot it was in there i well they know. just take it away and, you're and they're like yeah well they took it away and they let her fly but they said if you ever 
do this again with anything at all, you will be on a do not fly list. Well, just a metal, you could like snap the uh, handle off your suitcase and that's a, there you go, a metal rod. It's not that yeah, big. Could take a CD and crack uh, it in not, half of yeah. it. Don't you give crazy people up. ideas. Oh, no, that's the already me- out there. The mechanics, of that, <laughs> that, the mechanics of that wand are a little bit different. Yeah, they are. A little bit different. I have one in my car right now. I can go get it. Oh. I don't know what happened to mine. Yeah, I used to carry mine in my car. Works, Maybe you, you should. It'd be like a crop. You could discipline everybody here and control everybody here with that. Uh, no. I got, no. I got somebody I'd like to bash in the head right now. And there's a, and, and the end is it's weighted on the end. I bet you. Boy, oh you, yeah. Smacked in the, oh. So were you hard. were you watching a lot of Investigation ID channel? No. And then you realized what a creepy world it is. So you got everybody all. Oh, geared I, up? I think that every once in a while he gets some like some crazy people calling, you know, yeah, mail. And I think you probably no, had one of those little so? situations. Oh, I've never gotten threatened by mail or phone or whatever. Can't you get people sent to prison for that? They yes. don't ever leave the, any evidence that it, that they did it. You know, never. Jason Hawes from the TV show Ghost Hunters. Yeah. I think it was in season one or two, Tim. Do you remember? Um, he had some guy harassing him. The guy would go into the local po- uh, uh, library and he would email Jason. First, he was oh, a very yeah. avid fan, yep. and then when Jason wasn't responding the way the guy hoped, oh my God. he started threatening to, uh, when you're on the road filming your show, I'm going to go skin your daughters and your wife. I'm going to do this. Oh. I'm going to do that. Then he went in and hacked Jason's email oh, and, and sent a um, uh, threatening email to the president saying he was going to come kill the president. Oh so Jason Hawes all of a sudden had NSA and the FBI knocking oh, on his door. And then they found out, they, I guess they videotaped at the libraries, they found that they traced the, the router, found out who the guy well, was. Well, yeah, you, can know, you know the IP Ooh. address, you know where it came from. Yeah. So that guy's uh, no longer no. free. Yeah. No, I don't think so. That's, that's, a, yeah, that's, like, uh, that's permanent psych hold behavior is what that is. It is. There's a guy, and I won't say his name, but sir, you gotta you got to understand... I don't go on Facebook or Twitter. Please stop sending me messages that you're waiting for my response on Facebook. Five times a day. Well, yeah, you for literally. For about the last year. The last time you logged him. into Facebook was like three, at least. Five years ago. We, we were on it during the show briefly, so it would have been at least four years ago at four most. Four years ago at the most, yeah. But still, I just, you know, I, I not, I'm not ignoring you. It's not it's nothing to do with you personally. I just don't go on Facebook and Twitter. I know. It's like Messenger, Facebook Messenger. Sometimes yeah. I forget to look at those for three weeks. Yeah. And, that's, and that is. <laughs> Sorry. And we are witnessing the uh, maturation of the, uh, of the Internet etiquette. Because when Lindsay texts me. She expects an immediate response. Yeah, people do. They, I mean, they not, do. And right or wrong. Do, so really? that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. But no one really knows about that. Other people text me, and they, I could text them back in a couple of days. It's okay. Right. So no one really knows. Just like the, when people use these messenger servers, they go, oh, they, sh- they should have gotten back to me by right. now, don't you think? So I hate true. that. I, well, that's right. Uh, so between that's, tweeting to people, Facebook Messenger, text messages, Phone calls, phone messages. It's like I only have so many hours in the day to check all this stuff. Well, I'm if sorry. Want, if you want immediate response, you phone because you, if you reach, can reach somebody, then you can speak to them. But I have to as, say that I'm probably more responsive to text than the, the phone. But the beauty of texting and the beauty of those kind of messages is that it gives you an opportunity to choose when you respond. Mm, yeah, and you have to be patient as the person who sent it. Well, that's the reason we're using this. Mm-hmm. So that's, it gives that person a chance to do it when they want to. Right. Well, you get a lot of people write out to Tim and I and they'll but they'll make a comment they won't ask a question 
Oh, yeah. I don't have time. We get I'll get 150, 200 emails a day. Right. And I can't answer them all. So I try to right. answer ones that have a question or if it's pressing. But if somebody's like, just wanted to let you know I think your show's great. Thanks a lot for doing what you guys do. Okay, that's great. And then I get an email a month later, and they're like, you didn't even respond to me, you pompous ass. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, oh, it, was yeah. a, it was a comment. I, you know, Thank you. But Ooh. I just don't, I don't have time to sit there and do 150 emails. That's has, why you have... I was going to say, Ralph, I don't think anybody under 35 actually responds to a phone call. No. I think if you you don't text or or, or message first. You're right. Our daughter, daughter, I don't think she's ever answered her telephone. Yeah, it's weird. Ever. You'll call her, and then she'll text you back, or she'll call you back later. So it's kind of funny, right? I mean, our first evolution was going to a beeper where you could send a message. Then we went to a phone, and then we went to messaging on a phone, and everybody went back from the phone back into kind of beeper style. I've lived with that for the past 50 years. The first thing when I retire, All first thing is to, this phone's going right in the toilet. I like it. Well, beepers were originally made for people like doctors. Oh, and do you still have to carry a pager? No, I don't carry no. a pager, but when I carry the phone. When did that stop, though? Because doctors carried those much longer it, 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 than most people it, 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 did. It stopped as soon as you got cell phones. Oh, you, you know, Once did? we got okay. the 21st century solution, okay. I walked away from a pager because... You take a call. What would you rather do? Page and have the patient wait? No, they just call and you say, hey, how you doing? One big problem with lack of response to um, comments and that kind of thing are we have so many different avenues of making a comment, and we don't check most of them because most of them are just incidental, like the YouTube chat. Mm-hmm. We don't – I didn't set that up. That just comes with streaming to YouTube. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm not on it. I don't look at that. Um you can make comments on our website. And Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, all, there's so many different ways to make comments, and just... odds are no one's going to see them, unfortunately. Welcome to the old people show. We'll be back with more, more pager news. <laughs> all this texting and the rock and the roll music time. Well, how many hours a day do you want to spend yeah. looking at... I'm addicted. And, I admit it. And oh, if, really? I uh, just, I'm, and, I'm constantly checking for messages and emails and, and what's going on in the world. So you said. could respond to every comment. So you know, because I'm too busy reading all the other comments, I have no time to respond. I'm more like if someone comments like "Help, I've been kidnapped," then I'll respond. But otherwise, that'd be okay. good. There you go, Tom. Now that'd you know good. how to get his attention. Exactly. exactly. Actually, I thought the caller ID is the greatest invention of all time. I go, yeah, yeah, no. no. Don't know who you are. <laughs> That's Next. that deal, pretty much. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it works. Out. I started. I did start texting though. I text once in a while now. Not not often, but I do text once in a while now. I'm so proud. Well, with these myths, it's not exactly easy to hold the phone and go, "Hey, you little." Even for me, yeah, it's good God. I love the voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they're made for you know Japanese people and Koreans. They're not made for simian hands. It's true. (laughs) They have more slender hands. We'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your My Pillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one My Pillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. When you care about your job, you care about the job you do. At Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, they hire the best people, treat them right, 
and they treat you right when you call to schedule an appointment. Bryant Furnaces and Air Conditioners and the Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan are as good as it gets. This is Tom Bernard for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Visit SabreHeating.com for special savings on air conditioners. Plus, get more information on their Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. This is Judy. Make the Yuletide gay. What do you mean by that? Next Troubles will be miles away. She could sing. I've never liked the warbling. I'm not oh, a that, that used to be a, yeah, a, 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 a sign of a Rapids. really good singer. Is it Grand Rapids? That's where she's from, right? Yeah. What was her name? Gum? Yeah. Yeah, Francis Gum. Francis, Francis Gum. Huh. More nerd knowledge. Isn't that... Meryl Streep's real name, too, or she married somebody named Gum or something, didn't she? I don't know. Because uh, my nerd knowledge ends. Don't they have a... They have a daughter, like... Meryl Streep is Mary Streep. Yeah, but I mean, she married... Didn't she marry some guy named Gum or something? Don Gummer. She Don found someone Gummer, to marry. That's what it is. She found, somebody, she found some poor guy that could stand her. <sighs> the guy, the guy had, a, had a white cane with a red Meryl tip on it. God, you know that story about Dino De Laurentiis and her, don't you? No. No. God, it's it's really I can't stand that woman, but I felt so bad when I heard this. Apparently, Tino De Laurentiis was putting together a cast for a movie, and somebody sent over Meryl Streep, and he's standing there talking to them, and he says to them in Italian, "Why did you send me such a homely woman?" <laughs> and she speaks Italian, mm. and she said, "I'm sorry to have disappointed you with my homely looks." Oh, oh, God. You imagine wow. how bad you That's why the world's got to pay now. You should have oh. known. I mean, she dated Fredo. She, that's right. She dated Fredo. That's right. In uh, Deer Hunter. Fredo. I'm smart. Well, if you're wondering how Meryl Streep found someone to marry her, uh, <laughs> Don Gummer is a sculptor who gives postmodern life to classic principles of abstract composition. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's Yeah, they're both nuts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Great. That's, That's how they got those kids got together. <laughs> I just love these people. And, and you know, uh, John Voigt and Angelina Jolie are getting along and talking a little bit now. And did you, well, did you hear what Angelina said, how, how they worked it out? No. John Voigt. Her father. Yeah, that's her father. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this is not No clue. I'm going to guess they uh, <laughs> reconciled because they both hate Republicans and or Trump. No, no. He's a big-time Trump guy oh. and a Republican. Mm. He's a big-time Republican. She said that when I talked to John, she calls her own father John, okay, which you won't be doing, Andy, anytime soon. No. Yes, Tom. Just I know behind his back. Anyway, she said, well, John and I have found an avenue uh, through which we can speak to one another. We we only speak of art. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I hate you so much. loveliness. Honestly, I... We, we, through our art, we speak through our art. Really? <laughs> art Fleming? Give me a break. Vom, <laughs> as they say It's in true. These Hollywood, <laughs> listen, you scum of the earth that attack people sexually every chance you get, but you, you're the high and mighty. Okay. I get it. I've met very few actors I could stand being near. I do like some of them. Rain Wilson's a guy, nice guy. He was on today. Really good guy. Really. Dwight Schrute? Dwight mm-hmm. Schrute, exactly. <laughs> Dwight Schrute. Arguably 
inarguably his most famous role. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, he played Backstrom for a couple of years. That was a phenomenal oh, show, but they right. canceled it. Yeah, mm-hmm. forgot about that. Yeah, he show. has a movie called Permanent about he he's married to Patricia Arquette, and their daughter gets a, a permanent hair yeah. permanent. Mm-hmm. A and perm, I guess you a, mean? A perm, yeah. yeah. Well, it's called permanent, a permanent wave. Permanent was the, wave was I've the never heard them called a permanent. It's okay, always a perm. Well, that's a today, 60s, 70s yeah. version of it. Yeah. But the movie's called Permanent. That's why I did ah. say it that way. And it's. Uh, hair hairstyles are temporary, family is permanent. <laughs> That's the slogan. That's the slogan of the movie. So I do want to see that because I think he's just terrific. Oh, he does a wonderful job. He, when he was on uh, The Office. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. What was his thing about? He circumcised himself when he was two. <laughs> Everything about his heritage and culture just cracks me up. But I remember he showed up as the Belschnickel for Christmas the with, the, oh, yeah. with the uh, thatch of, of reeds to beat people with. Yeah. He was just wonderful. He still is wonderful. He's a great yeah, interview. They you must know, have had fun writing that character. I don't know if you know about his whole uh, private life, but he has a no. magnet. He and his wife set up uh, these charities that teach people around the world. Right now it's... Uh, Lide, Lide, L-I-D-E, Lide, Haiti. They give money to countries around the world to teach literacy, <laughs> which I think is magnificent. I mean, it's, you know, there they are right there teaching literacy. What the hell? But <laughs> no, I, don't you think that's one of They give tons and tons and that's tons of wonderful. money. Because if you can't read or write, you got no shot. Exactly. You have no shot at all, so... That's the kind of great guy he is, and his wife is a wonderful person as well. So see, what I, oh, nothing but happy stories from down here Yay. on this end. <laughs> the wind has changed. The wind has changed. The winds have shifted. There what? we go. Okay, Molina. It's the, he's sneaking in those little... Uh, those little messages of music to Tom to bring back the <laughs> Charlie Brown. You just got to play Elvis for him. That's what he loves. Play him Elvis Christmas music. That'll put him in a better place. It's true. I'm surprised that you like Elvis as much as you do. I know it's because of your mom. But My mother adores Elvis. Or adores Elvis, Elvis and your dad share the same birthday, right? Uh, one day apart. Oh, okay. right. Elvis is the eighth. My dad is the ninth. And my brother Troy is the tenth. It is true, yes. Elvis' birthday, January 8th, 1935, because yep. my mother adored. Yeah, Elvis and, and Dean Martin, that was her big deal. And Glenn Miller, let's not forget that. Uh, what do you think of that? But anyway, no, that's why. I mean, I, I do remember when I was really, really small, my dad was yelling at my sister, Bobby, who's seven years older than me, so she was probably 12, I guess. You don't know what you're talking about, that music, that garbage music you play. It's the worst music I've ever heard. Now, this is music. And he unwraps this 45, which was a, it was called a single back then. The bird is the word. He puts it on, and it's Love Me Tender by Elvis Presley. <laughs> it's like, Dad, that is who she listens to. I don't know if you know that or not. You might like his love story, but he didn't like Jailhouse Rock, but he loved Love Me Tender. Didn't pay attention to the name, I guess. That's interesting. Never this garbage. This is Christmas. Let the white That's fantastic. Oh, one of the best scenes in that is when he's the safety inspector and he has a uh, starts the fire. Yeah, he starts the mm-hmm. fire. <laughs> He is wonderful. Did you watch the British version of The Office? I did, yes. 
I like Ricky Gervais then, not oh, now. Yeah. He's really yeah, annoying. He, he was really annoying. Funny you like now. He's so arrogant, it is unbelievable. He got really, really, really preachy. Did. At first, he was just hilarious and wonderful, but as soon as he broke big, he got real preachy. About... Well, it's, it's like the, the writer of the IT crowd, um, whatever yeah. whatever his name is, he got the same way. As mm-hmm. soon as he got a, a modicum of fame... He became Mr. Preachy, holier than thou. And he was great hosting award shows the first two or three oh, years. He did. Yeah. The last time he did it was not so good. No. But when he went after those celebrities, it was just perfect. It was great. I mean, it was. I used to think he was very, very funny on The Office. Did you see was... Extras? Extras mm-hmm. was fantastic. That was a great that series, too. Really that was fantastic. Series. Have you ever seen that, Ralph? No. no. He's an extra in, in movies and film, and he and his buddy, and they're just constantly around... Real celebrities and stuff. It's pretty pretty well done. It was Steve uh, uh, with Merchant. Merchant, right? Steve Merchant is playing his secretary. Remember? Yeah. And he walks out, and you know those pens you tip up upside down, and the dress falls off right. the woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he walks out of his office, and Steve Merchant is looking at this pen, and Ricky Ray goes, "Are you tossing one off to a pen?" <laughs> <laughs> He's got the woman stripping. Ooh. Yeah. I used to have those glasses. Remember those? Where you filled it up and you'd then... you fill it up and their clothes would vanish and there'd be a girl in a bikini underneath? Yep. Or, no. Yeah. I yeah. Those, were, those were the big deal. They were like those frosted Christmas glasses. But you get that at the same store as the then naked we, lady tees? I wonder teeth. why there's yeah. problems in America. Yeah. I'm getting Catherine the naked lady tees. <laughs> here's a... Here's a... Here's a... Shrewd uh, um, quote. Shrewdism? From season one. In the wild, there is no health care. In the wild, health care is, ow, I hurt my leg. I can't run. A lion eats me. I'm dead. Well, I'm not dead. I'm the lion. You're dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> the hell does that even mean? I love, I love that stuff. Oh, he's such that. a great character. I mean, it was, it was, it was a, a terrific character. character. It was, no question. <laughs> Charleville, Australia had a huge shindig prepared for the town's 150th anniversary. Then they realized that they were three years too late. Mayor Annie Liston says some locals believe the town of 5,000 people was officially recognized in 1868, but a check of Queensland state records revealed the correct year was 1865. Yeah, you wouldn't want to check the record. Yeah. You, uh, I'm pretty sure it was 68. It's fine. They think they're CNN? That makes no... Yeah. Oh, Catherine with a shot about the, uh, the Russian dossier thing. Ugh. Yes, it was September 4th. No, actually, it was the 14th. Do you want to read that? We made a mistake. It is so <laughs> impossible. Can anyone at this table watch any news channel? Nope. It's harder and I don't. harder every day. I like BBC week. News. Yeah, yeah BBC, a lot of people like BBC mm-hmm. News. That's, That's what I true. Watch. The, the, we, we, had a dinner, we had a dinner party on, on Saturday night, and a, a topic came up. And two people who are intense uh, newsies who both uh, say that yeah, they dude. read and double, they double check all their facts. Uh-huh. Had absolutely di- di- diabetically opposed views on one topic that they had read about years ago. Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, well, there, you, you, you're doing that. You, it still doesn't work. Right. No, it doesn't work. I mean, honestly, they can't get. Do we have a caller? Yeah. Who's our caller? Joe from Louisville. Joe! What's up? What are you doing, man? I, I heard you're working. Yeah, I am. Well, I'm on break right now. How many breaks a day do you get? Three. He's oh, a union man. man. That's yeah. Means I'd have to take one every hour when I'm on the morning show. That'd be great. So what's happening, um, man? I just called in with my own uh, sexual harassment story. Oh really? And Molina, you're gonna have to do a little bit of editing here. Um, in 2004, I was moving into a new house with my girlfriend, 
who was about to give birth to my daughter about three days later. I was having a buddy of mine help me move a bed into the upstairs through the window that was open. Um, very, very old house, very narrow stairway. Yeah. So we had to take it through the window. Yeah, we had one well, of he those. He lost my girlfriend, spanked her on the butt. I said, dude, don't do that. Wait about a five minutes later, he does it again. I said, dude, you really got to not do that. About ten minutes later, he does it again. I said, look, you touch my girlfriend's ass again, I'm going to throw you out that fucking window. <laughs> It's like talking to myself. <laughs> I I understand completely. Why did he give you any reason why he was doing it? No, I just it's just the way he is. Do you still hang out with this guy? Nope. Well, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, you wouldn't think. So he smacks a pregnant woman three days away from giving birth on the butt. What three four times? Three times. Three times. Right in front of me. That's unbelievable. Why would you do that? And he was married at the time. Oh, oh well, I'm sure the wife, uh, the missus, as they say, I'm sure she appreciated that. I don't even smack Catherine on the butt ever. Thank you. Probably, Thank you for not start, doing that. I'm going to start smacking Catherine on the butt. Uh, hey, I, I, hey, yeah. you little filly. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that uh, so honey, great. I guess I owe you a lot of apologies. I apologize right now. <laughs> I don't like advanced. all that. Yeah. All that what? Slapping stuff, no. Yeah, I'm not big on that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want my hey, Tom's gonna see they punch you in the arm. It's like, well, why are you hitting me? Don't hit me. All right, Joe, well, did you kill him or not? Nope. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's he good. Inside and he took off. It's a good plan, man. Uh, what else is happening? Not much. Same old deal. Are you back at work? You're happy now? Everything is good? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's good. Oh, Jesus. Feels like Minnesota outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is very, very cold. Well, well didn't you say it was what, – what was the temperature the other day you told me? Uh, it was really cold. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. We're doing a radio show. What do you mean, hold on? <laughs> Thanks for coming. That's all right. It's 33 and windy right now. 33 and windy. Uh, it's balmy. Like it's spring, yeah. It's 23 that's, here. That's T-shirt and car washing weather here in Minnesota, that's Joe. That's about it. Well, it is 19-mile-an-hour winds. Here? Yeah, no, in cold. Louisville. Oh, in Louisville, oh, it's 19-mile-an-hour really? winds. It feels cold here, <laughs> That man. is cold. Oof. 33 and 20-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah, we've got 17 and 5-mile-an-hour, so it's, you know. It's only 17. So I, you win. I prefer colder <laughs> and stiller, though. I will tell you Me this, too. Joe. I don't like the wind. I had to put air in my tires because my tires were, I got the signal that the cold weather had made my tires uh, lose air. Yep. Uh, Putting air in my tires, I thought my hands were going to freeze off. I thought you were going to go down and get the nitrogen. I do have to get the nitrogen. I also get a, have to get a pair of gloves. That's not a bad plan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you whoa. have 500 pairs of gloves. I do? Yes. <laughs> what do you mean nitrogen? You put Doug nitrogen in your, uh, in, your tires. in your tires. And then yeah. you don't get those weird fluctuations all the, in the winter where you're... Um, what they tell me. That's your tires lose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's I what he said. All right, Joe, we got to go, man. Get back to work. What if you get a leak in that tire and you're out there having a, a heater? We you blow will. right up. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. That's <laughs> we'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. They know that Santa's on his way. Sammy should not have 
He's this is Sammy uh, Davis yeah. Jr. Oh, doesn't I know. sound He's a like terrible him. Singer. Not well, he is not. He was great in some songs. Yeah, like this one, not so this much. This one, not so much. Yes. Me and my shadow. That's a fantastic. Me and my shadow. Mr. That, Bojangles. Uh, Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. How about the Beretta theme? <laughs> oh, that's right. Keep your eye on the sparrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's not <laughs> forget about <laughs> keep your eye on the sparrow. Remember when? Another country <laughs> over Shut up, Jude. Yeah. Jude's over there barking at Don't like that song. Bro, uh, stop singing that song. I hate it. Oh, God, Candy was... Man, that was another big oh, hit for yeah. him. Yeah. Take the sunrise. <laughs> no question. Tom, the master of many voices. You know, I just realized that Meg J is probably going, who in yeah, the hell she's like, did I, I call? Yeah, she's hang up? <laughs> Why did I call this place? Who are these people? We had a little Sammy Davis Jr. Christmas, and he was kind of missing the notes there, Meg. It was bad. <laughs> that was actually exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> he was missing the notes. Um, actually, Billy Crystal did the best impression of <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. in the history of the planet. It was wonderful. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Super Normal by Meg J. Ph.D. So I have to call you Dr. J. Get it? <laughs> I do get it. I've heard that before. I bet you've heard it 7,000 <laughs> times before, as a matter of fact. Uh, Meg J. Ph.D. is a revolutionary examination of those who have overcome childhood adversity to become super normal. Mom, what do you mean by a super normal adult? Well, the word super normal means above the normal or average. And I'm using that as a stand-in for the word resilience, because that's what resilient people are. They have better than average outcomes after adversity. And what I really like about the word is that it hints at how heroic that is. And it takes a lot of strength and courage to get out there and fight for a better life as an adult, maybe than um, the one that you had when you were younger. You know, it's amazing. I was going down your list of things, and when I got to the end, it, it hit the wall. But bullying, the loss of a parent to divorce or death, an alcoholic or mentally ill family member, domestic violence. I just went down <laughs> neglect. Yeah, what else you got? So far, I've qualified on every turn, Meg. Well, right, that, you know, when we think about adversity, if you pick one of those adversities, like having a mentally ill parent or sibling, it seems like, well, that's just a minority of the population. But when you put them all together, 75% of us grow up with, like you're saying, one of these or, or more, as often one adversity can lead to another and another. But so many people feel alone with that with that background or with those experiences when really most people out there have have worked to overcome something yeah I, I think that's very very in my particular situation i worked very very hard i told my mother when she was putting my sport coat on at four years old to go to mass because i grew up roman catholic she's putting my sport coat on at four years old and i said you know when i grow up i'm going to be rich and i'm not going to be catholic I told her that at four, so. But I have. Well, is that what happened? Tell me the the end of the story here. Well, Are you rich and not Catholic? I, I well, I guess I'm still Catholic culturally. I'm not a very religious guy, but culturally, there's a cultural uh, culturalism to, to Catholicism that people don't sure. understand. There's a total culture there, like Judaism. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it, which I, I really enjoy. No, I, I just I did not like being poor. I'll tell you that. I from the time I was a very very little boy, I hated being poor. Didn't care sure. for it at all. So yeah, right. we've done we've done okay. Let me put right. it that way. Well, good for you. So you're super normal. Would you consider yourself to be super normal? Well, my wife is here. We could ask her, Catherine. <laughs> am I super normal? In so many ways. 
<laughs> that sounded super sarcastic. Yeah, that was super sarcastic is what that was. In so many ways. Yeah, at first I thought, that's so sweet. Then I heard a little edge there. So, yeah. It's you not know, my problem what you guys hear. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You just heard it that way. Uh, is it all right if I just call you Meg? Oh, please do. That would be great. Instead of Dr. J. But no, I yeah. mean, one of one of the things that I, I was talking about this on, I also do a morning show, and I was talking about it on the morning show this morning, that I, I hold Catherine up as, a, as an example of that I've succeeded. Because I still, I don't, right. wanna, I don't really want to say this in front of her because she's going to hold it over my head forever, but I'm still amazed she married me. Well, Same. I know what you're saying, and I think. Oh, so you've seen my. Picture. She's only talking for five minutes, and she already knows what you're saying. Tom. Say That's more it. words like that. <laughs> well, Meg. Where I was going with that? Thanks, is Meg. That, that for so many people, you know, it's they can, you know, the first piece of success to come, like you said, is it's no fun, you know, not being able to put you know, have enough food to eat or feel like you have enough to get by. And so people become focused on, I'm not going to live like that. I'm going to go to school or I'm going to get that job. And, but often for a lot of people, when they really feel like they've not just survived, but thrived is when they manage to have relationships that are better than they, you know, could have ever imagined too. And I think that's a really, you know, beautiful ending to a lot of people's (laughs) story of adversity and resilience is not just, making it out of where they came from, but having partners or being parents or having families that are, you know, better than what they ever expected. You know, Meg, I think it, there's a there's a part there as well. I, you know, we went through the list of things, uh, bullying, parent, uh, loss of a parent to divorce or death, alcoholic, mentally ill, family member, domestic violence, neglect, emotional, physical, or sexual abuse, all the earlier ad- ad- adversities. The more there are, I think, in a person, the less likely it is when they do become either famous or rich or whatever they become, the less likely it is they'll be arrogant about it. That's what I found. Yeah. Well, I think that's what, um, you know, you hear people talk about, I'm thinking of Viola Davis, who's given some interviews in the last year or two about her upbringing and her life now, is that for so many people, you know, it's really the ordinary that's extraordinary. And I would say that's true also, you know, whether you're Viola Davis or, Oprah or Andre Agassi, it's it's almost, it's not the being rich and famous part that seems amazing. Sometimes it's just having a safe home right? or being able to come home and, you know, not have an alcoholic there or being able just to pay the bills. But that is what feels, you know, really extraordinary is just the ordinary that many people take for granted. But if you grow up with hard times, you don't take those things for granted at all. Is it true that really no one has a normal, what you would consider a normal life, or do some people actually live a normal existence? Um, I've heard there are some, but I do know that it's statistically, <laughs> statistically not, ironically, it's not the norm. And that's yeah. really what, what I really wanted readers to take away from Supernormal, is that so many of my clients feel like they're abnormal because they've grown up with some of the situations that we were talking about. Right. But... Statistically speaking, sadly, adversity is the norm. And that I, what I wanted mm-hmm. people to take away from the book is you're not abnormal. You're actually more normal than you think. And if you've turned out better than you expected, you're even super normal. And I just wanted that paradigm shift because that's what really harms people 
and holds people back the most, I think, is perceiving themselves as abnormal or different or less than other people because yeah. of, you know, the ways they've grown up. So um, instead of kind of shielding themselves behind a, a shield of victimization, what you're doing is putting them back out in front of the shield where this isn't something that they have to hide behind and feel like they've been broken and battered. They can actually step forward and say, hey, I'm just part of what everybody else is going through. And Right, yes. And that, you know, I think so many, like I said, so many people feel abnormal or alienated. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just a real separation. I had a someone on the radio the other day who called in and said, I've always felt like I was looking at life from the outside in. Yeah. You know, that, that you know, the so-called normal people really, you know, own the center of reality and everybody else is just stuck on the margins. But in reality... It, the flip is true, that most people, if you group the adversities together, most people, you know, are hiding in plain sight, just like you, who have worked to overcome something. Oh, I think it's, you know, I, I was just looking at all the things that you've done, the fact that you're a clinical psychologist, there are a million questions I have for you, some on topic, but could I ask you one off-topic off question? Go for it. When are we going to stop hating one another so much in America? Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a whole other book you've got to write. That's a whole other. It's a whole other book. But you know, it's funny because oh. I actually just thinking. I was thinking that earlier today, but I guess that's sort of what's going on right now. Is everybody was thinking that earlier today mm-hmm. and earlier yesterday and the day before that it's really, really. I, you know, speaking of chronically stru- chronic stress, it's chronically stressful to. You know, live in an environment where you feel like there's so much hate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's almost like living in an abusive home, you know, that you just sort of never oh, know yeah. what bad thing will happen or will be said next. It's very upsetting. People are in the comment sections in newspapers, they will come in some horrible thing. A very famous person, I always use the example of Joan Rivers because I adored Joan Rivers. I just <laughs> loved her. When she died, the first comment I saw in the paper was, thank God she's finally dead. Wow. Why would you put that in the newspaper? Why? Yeah. Yes, well, I, you know, I think sometimes it's going back to the, it's sort of like living in an abusive home situation. You have to find ways to protect yourself. And, you know, often I tell my clients, I tell myself, you know, I don't look at the comments in in newspapers because I know that it's, you know, it's so they can be so toxic and so cruel, and that we know that face to face that people wouldn't actually say those things and may not even think those things. But there's something about the anonymity in those in those comment sections that just really brings out the worst in people, unfortunately. Yeah. Comment sections, social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, it's just uh, right. I, and, it's and brutal. The, it's brutal, and the politicians are making it worse. And I, I tend to be pretty much a centrist, Meg. I, I don't lean left or right. I just can't stand either one of them. I, they just drive. And I, I like Democrats and I like Republicans. I just don't like the far left and the far right. I, I just right. don't need that. Things are so polarized right now. It does seem yep. like, I, for the first time in my lifetime, I do look at you know, public life and wonder how is it all going to come together? How is it all going to play out? And, you know, in my lifetime, I haven't seen that before. I have to ask you, man, because I think I was a very lucky kid. My father was was taken to an institution when I was uh, nine or ten years old. Um, And he came back for a couple of months, but then he never came back after that. But I had two uh, friends 
and their fathers were very, very nice to me. They went out of their way when I went to mm. one Mr. Fisher and one Mr. Laurent. I went to their houses. They, they would always say, they would like put their hand on my shoulder and say, Tom, we're very fond of you and, and you're going to do Aww. really, really well. Am I, is that really unusual? Did I just get really well, lucky? I- uh, well, I, I doubt it. I mean, Good. you know, what we know is that a lot of resilient people, A, they tend to have personalities that draw good people toward them. So I, I'm guessing you made some of your own luck. But we also know that I think we imagine that when people have an absent parent or both parents are gone or neither are able to do much parenting, that there's, you know, a c- central figure like a grandparent who swoops in and takes over. And rarely it does it actually happen that way? Usually it happens exactly the way that you're describing. Oh, that's good. Is that it's little bits and pieces from a teacher here, a neighbor there, a coach here, and a mentor there. And what resilient people like yourself do is they manage to to piece all those together and, and um, you know, to make something out of the bits and pieces they get from others, which is really amazing when you think about it. It is really amazing for a, for a friend's father to say, hey, we're very fond of you and, and, and you're going to do great. Don't worry about it. I, I, to me, it's it like they had gone way out of their way, and I, I will never, ever forget it as long as I live. Yeah, that was a different time, though, right? When, when yeah, our probably. friends' parents actually took an interest in us. Yeah, that's and true. we had more of a community with the people around us, which I think mm-hmm. we've, we've come pretty far away from. Meg, I don't know where you stand on that. Well, I do think it, it can be you know, harder to find. You hear a lot of people say they found it at school now, you know, because they spend more time at school than maybe, you know, in their neighborhoods, but, or with, you know, a coach or um, someone. But, you know, what I think is really neat is that it is often these little, like, kind of small acts of caring and kindness that might seem like couldn't possibly make a big difference, but here you are saying you've never forgotten that, that you were able to take it in and use it, and that really changed you. And I think that's almost something that we have to remember on a day-to-day basis, that we never know how we might be giving that to someone else or offering that, even if we can't take someone in and change their lives immediately, the small acts of caring and kindness actually make a big difference. We're going to have to have you on for like an hour next time. 15 minutes wasn't enough. I would enough. love that. It was no, not it long. Wasn't. I really enjoyed talking to you. We will reach out again. Thank you very much, Dr. J. I had to do it once Thank more. Thank you. I just had to. <laughs> Supernormal by Meg J, PhD. Thank you very much for being with us. What a nice woman. Yes, very nice. But that is true, though. That 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 whole. See, I was glad to hear that that happens to a lot of people. That there are some people that step forward, a teacher or a, whatever it is, and saying, "Hey, don't worry about it. You'll be you'll be fine." But I, you know, I wonder your point as well, Dave. <coughs> Does that happen now, though? I don't think nearly as much. And I don't think nearly people as don't much. take as much interest in other people. Yep. We're so right. me generation now. Yeah, that's true. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.